Exceeding Expectations, episode 56. Hi, my name is Tony Winyard, and welcome to another edition of Exceeding Expectations, the, the podcast that aims to give you ideas on how to give your customers better experiences. My guest today is Jane Mallion, she's the founder of the English Cream Tea Company, and she's Eccentric, I don't know if that's the right word. Auntie Jane, she's known as, there's a, a few other names, and it's quite an interesting episode today. Um, if you do like this podcast, why not share it with someone? If this, if this particular episode you think someone might get value out of this, why not share it with them on you know, one of the social media platforms? And it would be great if you're able to leave a review for us on iTunes or one of the other podcast platforms, because that really helps get the word out to more people. So if you would do that, that would be fantastic. I'm not asking you for five stars, just be completely honest with how you find the uh, the show. So right now, it is time for this week's episode with Jane Mallion. So another edition of Exceeding Expectations, and today I'm with Jane Mallion. How are you doing, Jane? Marvellously. Thank you, Tony. <laughs> and we're in a beautiful cottage in Essex in, is it Upper Roding? Well, nearly. It's White Roding. Oh, White Roding. Yes. And how long have you lived there? 35 years. Wow. Okay. I know. And right now we're sitting in the secret sconery. Secret sconery. Okay. Yes. The house is behind this, yeah. and uh, we built this on. And so, of course, some people have to call it the secret sconery. That's the uh, right. <laughs> the dilemma. And so, this is where we open up for a tea room sometimes. Okay. Yes. And for anyone now wondering, sconery, sconery, what's that all about? So, you're you've got the English cream, cream. tea company. Yes. And so, do you want to tell us about that? So, uh, it's my favourite thing in all the world. <laughs> Those who can't see me, well, I represent an English cream tea just by looking at me, I can tell you. So um, afternoon tea is a very special British indulgence, but it's beloved the world over. And I've always loved it from tiny tot right through. And I met an elderly lady from Chelmsford, Essex, about seven years ago. And we got talking about the Savoy and the Ritz and all those famous places. And she said it was her favourite thing. But she'd had her last afternoon tea ever because she couldn't travel anymore. I went, no, surely not. And she said, no, that's it. I've accepted that that's my lot. And it set the light bulb moment off in my head. It truly did. I felt the light bulb go on. And it was, if she couldn't get to the Savoy, is there a way that the experience could go to her? And in two weeks flat, I'd set up the English Cream Tea Company to deliver afternoon tea hampers all over the UK. Wow, two weeks. Two weeks. I was in a, I, that's how I tend to work, a flurry. <laughs> and so when you, so obviously you've got all these ideas going through your mind. Yes. So what was your initial intention and has that changed? Well, I imagine it must have changed. So what? Yes. So initially I assumed that I would only be able to deliver locally. And I needed to find a way of packaging afternoon tea because it's got to be an experience. We're not talking a bag of scones or scones from Greg's. We're talking, you know, the sumptuous, lavish indulgence. And were you making these? Mm, right. Yes. Less. Very clever of me. I married a chef 41 years ago. My best decision. <laughs> 
And so I needed to work out how these things could transport because I didn't want to go to people's houses and, you know, make the cups of tea and put out the food on their plates. I wanted to deliver it as far afield as I could. And uh, so I called up the companies that move human organs for operations. And I said, now, you're the only people I can think of that have to send things chilled and perfect. They've got to arrive right way up, not frozen, not, you know, damaged in any way, because this is important stuff. Would you share your protocol with me? And they did. Wow. And so I copied that. <laughs> and, and so... So you started the company within two weeks, and when was the first delivery after you'd started it? So we had to prove to the environmental health that everything was arriving perfectly because we send out clotted cream and smoked salmon sandwiches and, you know, everything you get at afternoon tea, meringues and so on. Obviously, you can't have blue furry sandwiches arriving. Nobody Mm. wants that. Mm. Uh, Nobody wants cream that's gone off. So Mm. we had to prove that these boxes arrived at about five degrees uh, and were kept chilled on on the way. So we had to start off by sending to ourselves via the couriers. They had to go right round, you know, the hub system Mm. and back to us. Mm. And then we had to record with special digital thermometers what temperature they arrived at and prove it to the environmental health. So we were the first people to get them. (laughs) But after that, the next person was the elderly lady from Chelmsford. And was that a good, did did she know she was going to get it? Um, She knew, but she didn't pay. Uh, And uh, so, and I hand delivered that one. And she invited friends around. It was only a tea for two I delivered, but she'd invited four very elderly ladies and they still couldn't (laughs) eat at all between them. So (laughs) that's very sweet. And so how did word spread from there? I started a Facebook page. Okay. So I started this on zero budget. I talked to my poor, long-suffering husband, Roger, about my new bright idea. And uh, he's had a long history of my bright ideas. So you Mm. have to contextualize this. And so he agreed I could do it if I spent zero. (laughs) Uh, So I gave away shares to the branding designer and gave away shares to the website um, company and so on. That's how I did it. Um, and so, uh, where were we going with this? <laughs> so, I mean, how did it develop? How did so it spread? I put it on Facebook because that's free. Mm. Uh, and on the first day of business, I got inquiries from a whole load of different countries, literally countries. And I hadn't thought about that at all America, uh, Australia, South yeah. Africa, Spain, expats. And how were they hearing about it? Facebook. Yeah, so, people have been sharing it. I, and... I, honestly, I have no idea. So that's the power of such things. I hadn't even started on Twitter at that point, hadn't done Instagram. I mean, we do them all now, but Facebook and literally first day of business. Plus, I got uh, inquiries from Scotland and Cornwall. So my idea of delivering locally, you know, was right out of the window. And uh, but no, we can't deliver fresh sandwiches to Australia. Mm. That isn't yet possible. (laughs) So when you're sending things abroad, what that? So you have a smaller range, I presume, than when you're... Yes. So because of that response, we also started to develop ambient gifts. So that would be shelf-stable things, things that you could put into um, a shop and it wouldn't go off. So we have things like a home-baked scone kit. Of course, for those that say scone, just swap the word round in your (laughs) mind, it's fine. (laughs) Her Majesty says scone, by the way. (laughs) <laughs> and so why would someone in Australia or America 
be ordering from you. What what was it that you do that they couldn't just buy there? Uh, the taste of home. Right. So people missing the quintessential British treat. Okay. You can get what they call high tea. Wrong, but we'll forgive them. Uh, <laughs> you can get high tea in America and Australia and everywhere. In fact, it's worldwide. Did you know Nelson Mandela said it was Britain's greatest export? Well, and, and I, I'm probably a real Philistine here because I know very little about tea and I don't even drink tea. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so do you even know what English cream tea no, is? No, so when you just said high tea, that doesn't mean anything to me. So, oh, so right. for the, there may be one other listener who doesn't right. know what it means. So what, what does it mean? Okay, so afternoon tea um, goes back to Victorian times and mm. it was because they had early lunch and they had late dinner and they got growly tummies in between. Mm. And it used to be bread and butter and cakes as a sort of stopgap. And mm. the ladies used to do this up in the bedchambers. All the ladies would be round. And then they'd sip on tea and talk and chat and gossip. And it spread as a custom to break up between lunch and a late dinner. Mm. And then it turned into this thing, and it's become a true thing, afternoon tea. If you've ever been to the great hotels, they are seething with people having afternoon tea. The Ritz starts afternoon tea at 11am because they can't fit enough people in. So what usually comes out is a three-tiered, they're called whatnots, but cake stands. Mm. And you'll have savouries, like might be cheese on toast, little tiny ones, or some sausage roll thing, or uh, canapes, or quiches, and so on. And then you'll have sandwiches, almost always with cucumber sandwiches being amongst them. And there's, mm-hmm. there's reasons for that, but it goes back to Victorian times. And then you move on to warm scones or scones. And do you know what they are? They're like sort of little dryish buns, but you split them open. They're often mm. warm, and you slather them with jam and cream, clotted cream, which is a thick Cornish or Devonshire cream. And so it's a tradition. Mm. And then you drink that with copious cups of tea. And uh, people who used to live here and now live in Spain and so on, they crave this tradition, They a taste of home. And it's a real keep calm and carry on sort of thing. And it's come to represent all that's good because at afternoon tea, it's um, a pause. And you usually share this with other people. And it's quality time in rapport, sharing and listening and passing and nodding and eye contact. And the good children turn their phones off. (laughs) You're allowed to take a photo of it because it's usually a spectacle with Mm. gorgeous little patisseries. But you turn the phone off and you just have this pause where... It's very civilised. Hence my TED Talk was called How Afternoon Tea Could Save the World. So, I mean, you, you told me about the TED Talk and it sounded fascinating. So for the people who, I mean, I'm going to put a link to that TED Talk. Yes, so anyone, any list, anyone listening now, you'll be able to go and watch the TED Talk. But So what, what was it about and how did that come about? Yes, well, um, TEDs and TEDxs are about original ideas and you have to get them across in less than about 20 minutes. Mm. And I've always felt very strongly about this thing about the manners that accompany afternoon tea, the etiquette. And I should point out, a lot of people think etiquette means snobbery Mm. and poshness. And we're back to what's going on in the political climate right now. And I say, no, it doesn't. And don't be fooled by my posh sounding voice (laughs) either. Um, Etiquette is consideration. 
Mm. And that's a good thing in the world, mm. to care about other people. Mm. And afternoon tea has its little quirks because it's all about after you and passing and no, after you and sharing and, you know, the last strawberry tart, it gets cut in half and everybody's very kind to each other. Mm. But if we transferred these niceties... Um, the way you pour a cup of tea for someone. Um, if you did drink tea, some people like it milky, some people like it black, some people like it, you know. So it wouldn't be for me just to pour one and pass it. It mm. would be for me to find out, how do you like yours, Tony? How, and can I offer you this? It's about making everybody feel special. Mm. And that's my favourite aspect, even though afternoon tea is delicious. <laughs> the favourite bit is the way we behave. And so I'm saying if we transfer that into business and into politics, um, pleasurable conversations that involve properly listening to people mm. and taking time out with them, that would solve things. Mm. And at the time of the TED talk, um, TEDx talk, um, I looked at there's a world peace index. Mm. And it's getting worse every year. There are very few, I mean, it's something like 11 countries that are deemed to be at peace in the world. And the rest are deemed to be in conflict at some level. Might be minor, but they might still be involved. So we've definitely tried war overall. We've tried sanctions. We've tried most things. And I'm saying, hang on. <laughs> Give afternoon tea a chance because it's the perfect vehicle for being in rapport. Okay, and so how did the did you just do the one talk and how did it yes. go down? Yes, it went down very well. Uh, one person put, "This is the most British talk in history." <laughs> <laughs> and so, where what did you as a result of that? Where, you know, where did it go from there? So, I've kind of taken this on as my mission um i haven't pursued it particularly as um a peace one day uh, concept i'm doing it i'm starting with businesses um because somebody said to me literally said it's a dog eat dog world sweetheart you know straight out of a movie like no it isn't <laughs> It doesn't, I, ha doesn't have to it be. It doesn't have to be yeah. at all. And I used to be a coach before I was doing this. And I would um, go into offices um, and I help people to communicate nicely and get on well. And I deal with bullying and so on. Mm. And I'm that bit older now that I feel I can deal with these things. I'm not afraid of a, you know, an executive who's earning quarter of a million but being rude to everyone around him. Mm. You know, I'm Auntie Janie under those circumstances and be afraid. <laughs> uh, because I'm a mummy mm. and I'm an auntie and I'm a godmother. I've got uh, um, ten godchildren. And I wouldn't let them be mean and vicious to other people their parents wouldn't you know if you're a parent you wouldn't let your children do that mm. and then to see it in coming out of grown-ups mm. um so it's been a call to action for me mm. and what's even more ironic is that i have videos on youtube about the manners of afternoon tea okay. some people are just intrigued you know how you are meant to eat this thing and how you're meant to stir your tea and there's some protocol ignore it if you don't want to do it but if you want to know how i i'm on there i can't tell you the number of trolls i get telling me where to shove my scones 
and uh, what I can do with them uh, in no uncertain terms. And so they need the tea more than anyone. Well, it is ironic, <laughs> isn't it? And in fairness, this is just afternoon tea. We're not talking about the Holocaust. We're, this isn't a controversial and I don't thing. Have, I don't imagine you've got a gun at their head forcing them to, to no, take it. absolutely not. But it, it, it's partly my voice. People just you know, assume that I'm about privilege and so right. on. No, no, listen to what I'm saying. Don't assume. Mm. Um, so it's partly about that. But no, I honestly, I get really vicious trolls. And that sums up what, what I think is missing, mm. that somehow we've unleashed the ability in people to let rip without regard to the consequences, to say anything to anyone. Mm. And um, I'm like, no, I don't think so. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm prepared to try and make a difference. So in the, in the, the marketing that you do to, you know, for, for the business, is it, what, how do, what do you focus on? Well, that's a very interesting question. Um, my blogs tend to be about the, the niceties and the niceness mm. of this. But in fairness, the straightforward marketing tends to be based on delicious right. um, um, and also the gift of giving. Mm. Um, almost all of our hampers and gifts are bought for other people, mm. which is quite interesting. I think I'd presupposed people would order them for themselves. Mm. But mostly people say, oh, my auntie would love this. Mm. Or, you know, my sister's just had breast cancer and I want to send her a hug in a box. Mm. And that's how we see it. Mm. And so uh, because we put in a personalised message from the giver, mm. we're able to get a flavour of what the occasion is. Mm. One interesting one was... Sorry about the carpet. <laughs> we, we don't know what happened to the carpet and we never will. But um, So using these gifts to reach out to other people and with a, a bit of charm and, and love, well, mm. that's, that's fine by us. Mm. And so we do talk about that as well. And so you're giving people an opportunity to to give really different types of gifts. Yeah, traditionally, people just give like donuts or flowers or, yes. or whatever. So it's something yes. with much more thought behind it. And... Well, the uniqueness is lovely. I mean, nobody else does this. Mm. Um, and for somebody to receive proper afternoon tea, let's say they're at the office and it goes there. Can you imagine the jealousy? You know, what have you got there? Mm. And they unpack and reveal all the goodies. And it, it's got lots of layers in it and different cakes and cookies and shortbreads and meringues and sandwiches and actual tea and napkins and knives. And, you know, you're ready to go. And uh, invariably they're shared as well. But no, we want that. Wow, you're so treasured. Somebody mm. sent this to you. Mm. Um, Sometimes it's somebody very elderly and mm. they are absolutely thrilled because they can't get out to afternoon tea and disabled people. Um, one uh, thing we sent a couple of years ago, four friends sent one to a fifth friend and every year they met at one of the London hotels for afternoon tea. And this year she'd had a brain tumour, the mm. fifth friend. And so they sent it to her and said, please enjoy this at four o'clock mm. as we have ours and we'll be thinking of you with every bite. Mm. And it's like, oh, mm. flowers aren't the same. No. Champagne doesn't do the same, you know. I, and I really feel this is something, um, well, I've said unique, but um, 
I think of them as hugs in a box. And we always put in a little note saying, with hugs from the scone gnomes. That's us who work here, we're the scone gnomes. But we actually truly mean it. Often we, we throw a kiss into the box, you know, because we feel it's off to do its job of making someone feel treasured. So I imagine there must be a few people who use them as like Christmas presents and so on and and, yes. and, and gifts to maybe their, their staff, employers or anything like that? For sure, all right. of that. Do you know, we do a giant, I do mean giant, chocolate brownie. It's huge. Uh, it would feed probably 40 people. And that's very popular at Christmas. It's the most popular thing we send out. But people send it to a team or an office. Mm. And it causes, you know, great delight and mm. fighting, no well, doubt. <laughs> because, I mean, apart from the fact that, yeah, they, they want to eat it, but just from a visual point and everything else, it's going to be so different to anything else. Yes. So the outer boxes, you can't put something gorgeous like this into a brown cardboard mm. box. Yeah. The outer box has to herald what's coming mm. and... That's an interesting thing in itself. So we've had it designed. We've got a wonderful designer, Carol French. And so we made the outer something that you were like, oh, what's this? Mm. And you know there's something delicious inside just by looking on the outside. Mm. But the benefit of that is that um, marketing companies use our hampers to open doors that are hitherto closed mm. to them. So one company sent out 17 bespoke campers. We made special contents, and it included their USB sticks and their brochures and so on. Mm. And they had tried for two years to get in with this range of 17 companies and had failed. Mm. And out of 17 hampers that went out, they got 12 new clients. Wow. Uh, it's just something you would open. You would definitely not leave this box unopened mm. in the corner. And then once it's opened, you're charmed. And so I presume when people go onto your website, there's all different sort of options, packages, whatever, yes. that they can choose from. Yes, right. that's right. So we try and make it clear to people that the hampers, uh, these beautiful, fresh chilled hampers need someone to take them in this is not a doorstep and leave situation mm. and if they go oh i don't know if they're going to be at home mm. that's where we say right well shall we send them a voucher for it instead and then the recipient can order it at another mm. time or shall we send them an ambient hamper which could have jams and teas and things that are much longer lasting mm. um, or even um, savory cheese scones and then they don't need the cream in the hamper so we can adapt mm. uh, we're very happy to listen to people's uh, requests and my god we get them <laughs> And, well, there's a couple of things I'm thinking of from there, but one other thing. So, if you're, you know, you're, you're, you send the the hamper with the whatever it is that someone that someone has ordered, yes. do you try and subtly somehow put across the message that you're trying to give out to the world as well? In there, I, I think we could do better. Hmm. Um, we do put in a little booklet, and it talks a little bit about that. But whether anybody reads the booklet, hmm. I don't know. I think we should proclaim a few things better than we do. One is, you know, um, how afternoon tea could save the world. Um, also, though, we've got quite a good pedigree of how we choose our items and how kindly our teas are grown mm. and how well the people who grow the teas are treated, mm. uh, certainly in comparison to some situations you hear about and how biodegradable X and Y is. And we don't shout very much from that. I put the odd post out, 
But if you don't see it, you've missed it. So I think we, going forward, really should do better. Mm. Um, so tea bags have, have a scandal going around them. I don't know if you know about that. You don't drink tea at all? No, no so I don't know anything about scandals with tea bags. No. I know, shock horror. <laughs> so um, it came out last January, mm. um, and somebody was stoking their compost heap where they used to throw their tea bags. Mm. And noticed there was a sort of slime on there mm. and queried this and contacted the makers and it was one of the famous makers of tea bags mm. uh, that you know thousands and thousands of us drink mm. and they confessed when they were caught by this information that their tea bags involve plastic and then it turns out it's not just that one company mm. lots of people use plastics in their tea bags which wow. means that you're pouring boiling water onto plastic and then drinking the contents wow I know. And so they've made a promise for some time in the future to wean off the plastic. So there's still plastic in there now? I fear there might be, because this is relatively recently. And so what, your tea bags don't have plastic? No, they do not. But I should shout that, shouldn't I? Oh, absolutely. Yes, so, so I how... made of cornstarch. Well, I was just about to say, how is it that you're able to and they're not? So why don't I just Cosmo. do... Right. So they've gone for, for cheap, cheap, right. cheap. Okay. And our tea bag probably costs twice the price. Right. You know, let, uh, let's say six pence to 12 pence, mm. eight pence to 16 pence, you mm. know, depending on the thing. Um, but they're amazing quality tea, and it turns out the tea bag is not likely to put a bit of plastic in your tummy. Well, and, and harm the world, the, the ecology as well as the, the someone's interior. Right. Okay, wow, that's amazing. And something you touched upon just now a few minutes ago, you said something along the lines of um, you, you've had some extraordinary requests. And so, do you, <laughs> is there any that come to mind? Or? Well, now we offer vegan hampers. Okay. Uh, which is quite something it's for quite, afternoon tea because well, it's all about dairy and carbs, you know. Yes. Yeah, so, uh, so, you have to keep up with the trends, I guess. Though, yes, I know. <laughs> so, you'll find me whizzing up um, chilled coconut cream with vanilla and icing sugar right. uh, to make a sort of fake clotted cream right. uh, and substituting X and Y, you know, but really trying to again delight the people receiving mm-hmm. it. So, it's not just perfunctory. Mm-hmm. Even at this tea room that we've opened, uh, on the very first event, we had, of course, gluten-frees. We're, we're used to this, and of course, vegetarians. Mm. But we had a vegan gluten-free. And that, that was like a stretch in our mind. It was like, wow. Mm. Anyway, we were able to pull out all the stops. I was determined that this should also be an indulgence mm. for them. Mm. Uh, and um, it turned out to be a young man in his 20s, and his mother and father had come. And they were so pleased that their son was being pampered in that way because mm. i found a way to do vegan donuts and and of course i substituted uh, maple syrup because they won't eat honey and and so on. so i've just figured this all out and uh, they were absolutely chuffed to pieces um and so that was the reward to see him um it's your thing of exceeding expectations mm. Uh, so yes that's our drive and so are you making more of that sort of thing now that you you have that available because there's a lot of people now who are vegan and gluten-free and probably would like a combination right well now that's got to be the third thing i improve on (laughs) so again it's on the website Mm. but i don't think i shout about these things Mm. Um, clearly not enough clearly not enough (laughs) plus i feel every company should go the extra mile for Mm. their customers 
Um, and so maybe part of me is thinking, well, surely everybody does this. But no, maybe they don't. <laughs> well, and it is all about the mindset and wanting to, you know, whether it's the approaches, you know, some companies it's purely about making money and it's a business. And, and for other people, it's about trying to give people a great experience and then making some money from that as well. Right. And there's a difference in approach there, isn't yes, there? Yes, there is. Well, when I was a little girl, I swear this is true, we were asked at school, I was about six or seven, what we wanted to do when we grew up. And I remember writing down that I wanted to be a fairy godmother. <laughs> okay. uh, because, you know, I used to spend my pocket money on my brothers and cousins, and that was my pleasure. Mm-hmm. It was always about trying to make other people very happy and smiley. Mm. I mean, I love to be treated as well, but mm. uh, my driver was um, about that. Mm. And so I kind of think I've become a fairy godmother. This job might be it. So your aim is to... It seems the, f- the first thing that you always think about is how can you make this a great experience for whoever it is that yes. is being ordered for. Yes. Even if it, you have to sort of do things in a very different way from how you've done them previously. Yes. So we had a, um, a time and motion lady come here, a wonderful lady who advises business, you see, and she came and, and she had a long time talking with me and she spoke to all the other people. Anyway, her conclusion was that I should never be allowed to answer the phone because I say yes to everything. Oh, right, okay. <laughs> so obviously there's got to be a balance between mm-hmm. being able to be a feasible business. Mm-hmm. So my hubby is of a different mindset to me. <laughs> so we, we uh, cancel each other out sometimes. But I have a sixth sense when we really should pull out every stop and make Mm. this super special Uh, and we all care very much when the scone gnomes and husband and i when we have you know company meetings and we talk about our values top of the list is do as you say you will Mm. because we're always so disappointed when other people let us down Mm. Uh, that we just can't understand the attitude Mm. Um, and so yes it's a big thing for us (laughs) And where do you, I mean, do you have plans for to expand at all, to do anything different? I mean, what, how do you see things going in the next few years? Well, um, we need to do better. We need to have um, more, more orders. We need to do more tea room days and so on. All of those need to expand. Mm. We have started um, exporting to Japan Uh, We export to America as well. And really, I think um, that might be a focus. There's this strange thing that other people treasure our Britishness more than we do. Mm. Does that make any sense? Well, uh, yeah, I used to, I worked in Japan as a DJ. Is that right? And in the club that I worked in, everywhere, all the marketing they used had Union Jacks everywhere (gasps) talking about DJ from London. And it was a... Just because of the way they marketed like that, people would come to the club just because the, the DJ was from London. So, yeah, yes. I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. Yes. So I think that will be more of a focus. Um, and also we love to work with corporates and we want to do more of that. Um, acting as their gifting arm, in a way, and making sure that their clients know how valued they are. Mm. But also, if there has been a glitch, I mean, mistakes do happen. Mm. And we have a range of sorry gifts, or any of us would do, but we actually have some a, a range of sorry ones. Because I think it's important to put your hand up and go, oh, 
that's not how we meant to treat you. So sorry. This is more how we wanted you to feel. And we're on it. We'll deal with that and it won't happen again. Mm. I, I would love that. And I'd love the company even more mm. um, if there's been a mistake and they, they owned it. Mm. Um, so again, that's, that's about consideration and courtesy. It's back to old-fashioned manners, I think. Mm. So where... How, what are your general thoughts on the exceeding expectations? Ah, oh, well, I can remember the times it's happened to me. And the fact that I can remember it, I mean, one time was over 40 years ago in, in a business context. And so if that can happen and it sticks in the mind and it doesn't have to be an expense, a big expense, we're missing such a trick if we're not doing that to everyone that we come across. Mm. Um, so my husband runs a, a wedding venue mm-hmm. and we always have a wrapped gift present for the brides and grooms, which we give them at the meeting before the wedding. And mm-hmm. it, it's not it's not a £5,000 present, of course, mm-hmm. but they're charmed and it's wrapped up. And it's got a bow and it's silken and it's, you know, special and it's got a message to show that you matter to us. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of wedding venues don't give that off to oh. their... No, it's, okay. it's just a numbers game to many wedding venues. Right. Yeah. We go to great lengths to try and make each bridal couple feel super special. Mm. Um, It's quite hard because so many people treat it as a transaction. Mm. And for them, it's all about the price. Mm. And we wish they would give us a chance to show that not only are we reasonable, but we'll knock your socks off. Mm. And the plates will be hot. The little details will be dealt with. Mm. The small children will be made a fuss of. Mm. Uh, the guests who can't eat that menu will have something to delight them. Mm. You know, we will do all that you want. But they want right at the beginning, it's all about the price and it's all about this. And they just uh, are doing the bargain basement thing. Mm. Uh, and that's a shame mm. um, because we're all about the service. Mm. And it's having a, a very different mindset with the you know different intention it can i i think not only does it you, you give them a better experience but you is it more enjoyable for yourself as well isn't it yes i would love to put that stamp on everything we do and be known for it um as i mentioned i'm sort of known as auntie janie it's a strange thing but really everybody wants to be auntied uh, once in a while mm. um a friend of mine works in a casino And she comes home at four in the morning and she's exhausted. And she put on Facebook just before she went to bed, she went, oh, you know, I'm home at last. I'm absolutely shattered and ready for bed. But I don't know if I'll be able to sleep, you know. And I happen to be up um, because I write books and I do it at four in the morning. I've been to bed and then I get up. And so I just said, oh, you poor thing. Should I pop round? and bring you hot chocolate and read you a story while you go to sleep. And she went, yes, please. But about 30 other people went, yes, please, and me, and me. <laughs> Turns out we'd all like a little bit so of that. So you got, you got a new job now. I think so. I'm sure there's something in it. The Auntie Jane, Jane service tucks you into bed, reads you a story, takes away the worries. <laughs> so, Jane, if people want to find out more about you, where, where would they go to? Well, the website's a great place to start. So it's englishcreamtea.com. 
dot com. Mm-hmm. And it's just one word. Isn't it is it? Right. just one word. Word, word, word dot English cream tea dot com. Mm-hmm. And then there's all sorts of things on there, including the secret sconery for events. Mm-hmm. The next one's gin blending afternoon tea, dare I say. <laughs> okay. Yes, I don't drink gin, but I know everybody else does. <laughs> And you're on all the social media outlets as well, I guess. That's true. So we're mostly at English Cream Tea. Mm. So you'll find us on Facebook and Pinterest and Twitter. And I'm um, probably on LinkedIn more as my name, which is Jane Mallion. Mm. Not that anybody can spell Mallion. So go on, go on, spell it. I mean, I'll have it in the, in the show notes. But... Yes, okay. So it's plain Jane, J-A-N-E-M-A-L. Y O N. Right. Malion. It's a funny looking word, but uh, yes, you'll find me and I'm there to uh, respond with hugs. And, and Christmas is not that far off, yeah, especially isn't. by the time this, this episode goes out. Right. So for people who are maybe, you know, it's always difficult trying to th- find a, a different Christmas gift. Yes. So for anyone who's stumped with what to get someone else for for christmas yes are there any things that you have that maybe would would quite surprise them and and would make a really nice gift for someone for sure and we range in in price from just over 10 pounds right up to 200 so we've got the the works so one of our unusual ones is the scone of the month subscription (laughs) and we send out a a, throughout the year little deliveries to whoever it is so it's not just a one-off They'll get different ones. So it might be savoury scones one time, might be sweet ones, might be um, spicy ones served with apple mincemeat. So somebody could have the treat that keeps on giving. Uh, Of course, uh, the giant chocolate brownie, and we do it as a Christmas tree. We do shortbread penguins, Christmassy penguins wearing a red silk bow tie that we tie on each one. So again, little gifts. But tea is quite a thing, the actual drink of tea. We've got about 26 teas and so you could put together a medley of different ones in a hamper mm. uh, and send it out to someone. You know, grandpas, we've got smoky teas and mm. deeply rich ones. We've got fruity teas and spicy ones and apple pie tea. Wow. So there's, a, you know, a never-ending range, um, depending on what people like. Well, Jane, just before we finish, yes. um, I believe you have a quotation that you quite like. I do. So it's the secret of happiness lies not in mourning the past nor in anticipating troubles in the future but in living in the present moment earnestly and wisely Mm. and that's what afternoon tea is about living in the present moment in the company of others and really enjoying them and the moment and and who was that quotation by well it's attributed to buddha okay I think it's absolutely right because anxiety is all about future worry mm. and you know anger and grief are about past mm. uh, and sometimes we're, we're messing up right now mm. um, and so if we can living in the present moment earnestly and wisely so in a positive way and I absolutely love that Jane it's been a pleasure speaking to you Next week, episode 57 is with Heather Breedlove. She's the author of Shine Your Bright, and she's the chief financial officer of Keystone Brothers and co-founder of Choose Goodness. She's known as the catalyst of goodness, and she's going to talk to us about many different areas that um, where she's been able to help people 
improve what it is that they're looking for and the results they've been able to get. So that's next week with Heather Breedlove. Hope you've enjoyed this week's episode with Joe Malian. Uh, please do leave a review for us on iTunes. Maybe uh, share the episode with people who you think may get value from it. And why not join the Facebook group, which is called Exceeding Expectations. I hope you have a fantastic week. Mm-hmm.